Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. All right, welcome back in, everybody. And we do welcome in our weekly visit with Dan Israel, fresh off another trip, another win to the AFC Championship game. Dan, another classic there in Buffalo. Great game, entertaining game, and history repeats itself as... It's been a long time since the Chiefs have not played in this game this weekend. How are you this morning? I'm good, man. I'm I'm a little beat up from the fans in Buffalo, but hey, man, we got out of there the way we wanted, which was with a victory, so that's good. Did you go through some tables, Dan? What 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 did what'd you get into up there in Buffalo? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's first of all, it's a great atmosphere. I mean, it's it's real football, man. You know, they they're tailgating hours before. I think we went in at about. Uh, six or seven hours before kickoff and fans were already out in what was less than ideal weather tailgating. And it's just, it, it reminds me a lot of Arrowhead fans. They're a little more, uh, they're a little less polite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, throwing they, snowballs. They, I love it. Yeah. It was, it was a little, little tough, but I, you know, I think, I think even Mahomes enjoyed it. You know, I think he enjoyed I being the, the villain. Yeah, I do too. I, I really think that they thrived in that. I, I wondered, we talked about this in the last hour, when when you have all of that emotion for that one, I, I wonder if there's any hangover effect now to have to do it again in Baltimore. Because they're not, you know, they're not your best friends either up there in Baltimore, and they haven't been here in a while. So, you know, how do you keep that same energy going for another week when, you know, it, it was all you heard about going on the road in Buffalo and now they, well, guess what? You get to turn around and do it again against a better team. Yeah, Jacob, I think that is the, that's a very valid premise, you know, and you see teams every season do that. In fact, the lions worried me with that. You know, they have such a hype having a home playoff game. And I remember what that was like. And I think it was 91 or 92. And, uh, you know, the first, first playoff game Arrowhead stadium had ever seen. And, and we we had a great victory. We beat a team, and then we couldn't go past that. You know, it was so the the letdown's very real. You see it every year. I think this is where the championship DNA that the Chiefs have versus a playoff DNA is really going to come into play. They have so going all the way to the Super Bowl. Let's face it, Mahomes has never not been to the AFC Championship has, since he started, since he's been a starter, and so I I feel like they've got a good shot at combating that and controlling that. Now, look, there's a lot of young guys on the Chiefs team as well, but the nice thing about having veterans that have been there and done that is hopefully they can control the, the, you know, the, the fact that this whole game has to take another notch up from where it was in Buffalo. Can't just be where it was in Buffalo. Certainly can't come down. It's got to go up. Dan, how concerned were you about the way that the game started on Sunday against the Bills? Uh, you know, just the Bills came out. Tons of energy, marched down the field. The defense didn't particularly start out the game very well. I had a thought at one point, I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Like, Buffalo's got the momentum. 
But then, of course, things started to change. The, the momentum kind of shifted back to Kansas City. But the way that game started, what, what were your thoughts early on in that game? You know, it's, it's funny, Tom, because the, one of my guys is, uh, struggles with remaining focused on the broadcast versus getting drawn into the football drama, yeah. uh, which, is, which is tough for us, you know, especially when these games mean something. It's not just a, a regular season or preseason game. This is, this is big stuff. So we, we spoke before, and I said, look, keep in mind, this game is going to go down to the fourth quarter. Just ignore the first, second, and third quarters. Just ignore them. Yeah. It's going to go down to the fourth quarter. It always does with these two quarterbacks. And it may not be 40 to 35 like we you know, used to see, but it's going to go down to the fourth quarter. I guarantee it. The other thing I think has been kind of – I feel like the Chiefs' defense uses that first quarter to kind of test the water and figure out what's going on. I always feel like they play less intently in the first quarter than they do the second, and then they turn it on in the third and fourth quarters and just become this – smothering, suffocating defense that no team can get by. Uh, I don't care what you do, how you do it, you're not going to get by. And I, So for me, I wasn't panicked. I, I will say as, as a general fan, I think that was probably a concern when you're, when you're getting field goals instead of touchdowns. You know, that can come back to bite you on a team that is as prolific and as strong as the Buffalo Bills or the, or the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you don't want to see that, but I, I – I just feel like with with Allen and Mahomes, you know, it just seems like it's going to be the fourth quarter. Whatever happens in the fourth quarter, it's going to be neck and neck. And I thought it was interesting. A TV showed a stat at halftime that there were that, that between the Allen and Mahomes era contests, which I think was seven of them, something like that, that the Bills had scored 179 points and the Chiefs had scored 179 points. So they just we just really match up well with the Bills. And so I wasn't too panicked, but uh, you never want to see them slow start. But I just felt like with that game, it was going to be in the end. Yeah, I you, you brought up field goals, Dan. I, I'm telling you, I've, I've rewired – my brain, much like I think the Chiefs have, I'm like embracing them. I'm in, I'm all in on field goals because I don't think this is the team that needs to go for it on fourth and three inside the 20. I think they're fine with field goals because I think their defense is fantastic. And and I just like and they stuck to it, right? They they have and it's working. And outside of uh, a questionable play call on a sweet play to McCole Hardman, they really are sticking to this plan. It's not conservative, but I, I think it's just a plan of letting your defense win you a game. And I do think field goals are a part of that and taking less risk maybe than what we've seen for years and years with this squad. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, we, we always hear the axiom. I mean, I've, for 35 years I've heard the axiom, defense wins championships. And I think that the Chiefs are embracing that. It, in Buffalo in particular, the Chiefs lost the time of possession brutally, 2-1. to one. The Bills had the ball 40, 40 minutes of the game, Chiefs 20. Uh, I mean, that's unheard of. They had twice as many snaps. I think they had 79 snaps for the Bills. The Chiefs had 47 or something like that. And keep in mind that at the end of the game, three or four of those were kneel downs. So they, they literally had half the offense that the Bills did. But look, when you can – be as effective as they were on first and second down. And, guys, five third downs total for the Chiefs last Sunday in Buffalo. That's amazing. That means they were 
they were getting an effectiveness in the first and second down that we haven't seen the Chiefs do maybe save the Jets game this year. I mean, it it was really nice to see them getting seven yards, a, you know, a play. Uh, but the point here is that, you know, they, they are kind of just embracing the fact that they don't have to go out and win the game on offense. They can go out and score a little bit and let defense just smother out the opponent. And it's, it's, it's an awkward situation for those of us who've been Chiefs fans watching this team for the past few years, but it, it does work and it is working. And so hopefully that's what they're going to do in, in Baltimore as well, because I'd hate to see him, you know, kind of panic on this. I feel like with Pacheco, the way he's running, the way the, the running game is working, let's just ride this wave all the way. I'll bring up the uh, elephant in the room here, Dan. McCole Hardman, um, not, a, not a good game. And I think that's point, uh, putting it uh, lightly with the two touches that he had, two fumbles, of course, that crucial one reaching out to the goal line. What do you do moving forward? I mean, I know that the, the effort you know, wasn't great, but on top of that, the play call was awful as well, I thought, uh, you know, trying to do a reverse with him to get into the end zone in that situation. What do you take away from that whole sequence of events? Yeah, so let's, let's break that apart because I, I, I think there are two kind of issues with this. And the first is 100% fumble rate is not good. I'm sorry, but that guy isn't getting to touch the rest of the game from me as if, if I'm calling plays. Uh, I, I know they like to give the guys, you know, a second and third chances and, and stuff, but, they, you know, there is just something going on with the hands of some of our guys and the focus and the ball security is, is just so important. And they, they put so much emphasis on it. Why is he struggling with this still late in the season? I don't understand. Uh, to the other point about why they called that play. I agree. You know, when you've got Pacheco being as effective as you can, and you're as close to the goal line as we were, it makes more sense to now Pacheco, I think came out. I think he had an ankle or shoe issue or something, but you could have put Clyde Edwards in there and, you know, just smash the ball into the end zone to me, a lot more secure than throwing the ball. I always talk about, you know, Lynn Dawson taught me a long time ago. He said, whenever you throw the ball, three things can happen. And two of those are bad. And so to me, it was a little bit of a too cute a call, but I will also tell you that Hartman's had a lot of success with that play. You know, I mean, he's done that. That's a play he's run for years, uh, you know, with us. And it just was a dumb move for him to try to reach over the goal, and especially with this rule, which I don't understand the rule still. But it is what it is, and they know that. And, and so you've got to, especially when you're at the corner of the end zone where – a foot and a half can be a fumble out of the end zone. You have to protect the football. And Hardman's a veteran enough to know that. And so it was disappointing for sure. Yeah, it, it was, but they survived it. And I bet you they don't try it again. Um, I what, it, what does it take in Baltimore? Lamar Jackson has a big, you know, you know, elephant in the room with his playoff performances, but he shook that in the second half against Houston. I look at him this year and what he's done, but it's almost like he's going to kick it old school in this game if the Ravens are going to be successful and run. run. They ran it, Dan, like 43 times against what has been one of the best run defenses in football in Houston. They didn't care. They ran it 43 times anyway. 
The Chiefs have not been good against the run this year. And Willie Gay is questionable. That's a concern for me. How do the Chiefs get the ball in their own hands and give themselves enough chances when you know that's what Baltimore is going to try to do? Yeah, you know, Jacob, it's interesting. Uh, you you mentioned that the Chiefs somehow survived the Hardman fumble. They made their opportunities. I really think that's a, a hallmark, a trademark of good teams. They somehow manufacture opportunities. Now, did the Chiefs waste a few of those? Yep. Did the Bills waste a few of those? Yes. But they somehow managed to manufacture more. They're going to have to do that exact same thing in Baltimore. And, and, and for the reasons you just mentioned, uh, Josh Allen is different than Lamar Jackson, uh, both rushing quarterbacks, both big quarterbacks. But Lamar Jackson can outrun probably 95% of the people on the field. He is fast, and he can be explosive. He has cuts like a runner. Josh Allen is just big and gets going. He's like a freight train. Hard to bring down, but Lamar Jackson's a whole different level of that. I mean, there there was talk at, I think Jackson in in the year he was drafted at the combine about making him into a running back. That's how shifty and fast this guy is. Now he's not near big enough, in my opinion, to be a running back. He's tall enough. Certainly, he's too tall probably for for a running back. But uh, I think he's definitely a threat that they're going to have to figure out uh, with giving up, what what was it, 180 yards on the ground or something? It was a crazy number in uh, Buffalo. However, to your point, they survived that. And so they're going to have to survive Jackson probably getting 100 yards on them. And what does that mean? Uh, it means we're going to have to rely on Harrison Bucker. We're going to have to get at least halfway on the field. We're going to have to have a number of possessions where we – you know, make some magic happen. And I, I, I think that, you know, for the Ravens, they're a pretty complete team. This is a – I said about the Ravens for probably the past four or five years, especially under Jackson, that the problem with Lamar Jackson is he couldn't stand in the pocket and throw an accurate pass. And you can't win in the, the National Football League if you can't do that at some point. Scrambling is fine, but we, we've got RG3 to prove that it doesn't work just to run the football from the quarterback position. So I always said, you know, if he could stay in the pocket and throw an accurate pass, they would be a dangerous team. Well, that's exactly what he's doing right now. He's able to throw uh, a Patrick Mahomes-type accuracy from the pocket, and he's patient back there. So I think that Spagnuolo is going to have to dial up packages that just are confusing beyond belief because I don't think they're going to – you know, if they don't confuse him where to throw, he's going to deliver the ball to an open receiver, and it's going to be a deep ball because he can throw it at, you know, 50, 60 yards. Uh, we, we saw that in both the playoff – or this last playoff game, and we saw it in the regular season. So uh, I think the Ravens are a dangerous threat, man. It's going to take all hands. They've got to minimize their mistakes. And like I said, they're going to have to manufacture some opportunities here because this is a good Ravens team. This will be the probably the – the hardest test I think the Chiefs faced this entire season. Well, you know, Dan, I don't think that you can overstate also the importance of what Steve Spagnola does at halftime and the adjustments that he makes. I mean, just the number of points that the Kansas City defense has allowed in the second half since week 14, they haven't allowed more than seven points in the second half since that time. And so, you know, in a first half where Buffalo kind of gashed them and, and ran all over them and, and all of that, the adjustments were made, I think, in the second half 
to be able to limit what Buffalo did. And they're going to have to do that, uh, I think, you know, over the course of four quarters against Baltimore. What do you think about just overall the way that, and we've talked about it before, but as we're in the playoffs, the way that Spagnola makes those adjustments and really tries to find different ways to confuse opposing offenses? Yeah, he's he's a bit of a freak with it, isn't he? I mean, he just, uh, you know, I, I've always thought Belichick was a, a defensive genius. I, I'm going to put Steve Spagnuolo in that same category. And frankly, guys, and I don't want this getting out. I don't think you guys want to get out. I don't know why he's not being considered for a head coach somewhere. I mean, he's just done such a fantastic job. Now, I know he, he didn't have a lot of success as a head coach prior, but he's done such an amazing job with this defense and uh, young guys. I mean, this defense is so young with the exception of Chris Jones. This, this is going to be a defense for a number of years, and I, I just I feel so fortunate that he's back there and he's doing this, you know, the design of this defense because he is really gifted with uh, both his – his, you know, I always think like with coaches, you either have like you have a scheme and you try to fit players into your scheme or the good ones get good players and figure out how to make a scheme. I would say like with Marty Schottenheimer, he could make a, a winning poker hand no matter what cards he was dealt. I really think that's important. Uh, I would contrast that like to the Dick Vermeil era with the Chiefs where we were going for a full house every time. So we were dumping cards trying to get, you know, a full house every time. You know, we just keep changing cards. We need a full house because a full house will win. That's, you know, statistically we know a full house is a good winning poker hand. I just, I think good coaches do it the other way around. And, and Spagnolo has done that. And I, so I, I think I told you guys last week uh, against the Dol or two weeks ago against the Dolphins, uh, I told him in the locker room, I said, that was amazing. You hold the Dolphins to seven points, you know, and he said, yeah, I can't believe we gave up that touchdown. He was so focused on the one score that he gave them, not the three that they prevented or the four that they prevented, but I, I think that's the mentality of of his defense, and that permeates all the way down to the players. Chris Jones, George Karloftis, you know, Nick Bolton, Justin Reed, I think they all feel that same thing. They don't want to give up a single point. Yeah, I – I wondered the same thing about Spags. He's done an incredible job. He's going to have to do an even more incredible job if they don't have Willie Gay. Uh, before we let you go, Dan, what's your gut say on Gay's status for, for Sunday? Yeah, you know, he sits a couple of seats in front of me on the plane. And, and first of all, Jacob, you're right. I mean, he's just – he's played especially against the run. He's played well. And, and I think, you know, Drew Tranquil has played well – when they're in there together, uh, you know, with Nick Bolton versus, uh, you know, Willie Gay being out there by, you know, just Willie and, and Nick. But I, I, it's a, you know, if he can't go, it's going to be significant. I do think they do a great job of next man up and figuring that out. I don't know what the answer is there because it's, it's concerning. I will also tell you, as, as I mentioned, he sits in front of me. I think this is a character I don't think there's any way you're going to keep him out of that game unless he's got, you know, something so severe that it's career-threatening. Uh, it's just, the men, like I said, the mentality of these guys. And I think Willie's one of those guys, having been through this, he knows how important this game is. He knows he can rest in three weeks. So if there's any way possible Willie Gay play, can play, he will play. And it will be a key in the game. All right, Dan, uh, we've got uh, coverage 
of the game beginning? What, at noon? Is that right on Sunday? Or what, what time are you guys getting things started on the broadcast? Yeah, so we'll have a, we'll have a, noon, broad, or a noon start for you guys on the network. And unfortunately, you know, it's the... Uh, it's a it's a Westwood One kind of thing. We don't like that at all, but that's what it you know it is what it is. The league structures the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl differently, but nevertheless, we're going to have try to have a good pregame for you guys and a good postgame. So uh, hopefully, it'll at least feel a little Chiefs football. Uh, it'll it'll be good. Whatever we can get, Dan. We appreciate it. Safe travels again now to Baltimore. We'll see if the high from last Sunday can carry over into this one. Uh, but it'll be a party, it'll be fun, and we're looking forward to it. Dan, thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Go Chiefs. There goes Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. You can uh, go back and listen to any of that if you missed it for free on the Odyssey app, so make sure to check that out. Looking forward to uh, just some of the stuff Dan talked about there. Like I, I This will be a fascinating strategic matchup between two coaches who work together for a long time know each other well you're talking about some of the best in the business at it going head-to-head directly in this game i i don't i i cannot get a good feel for this one tommy i i was very confident in the chiefs against the bills i don't i i still like the chiefs in this game but it's it's not that way like it's not this you know dominant thought in my head we'll we'll get into it uh when we come back we'll make our way through want to get tommy's thoughts on the ku game last night as he is now back in the chair here for us so we'll do that all brockton caster sports daily rolling right along Welcome back in, everybody. So what Dan Israel was alluding to there, just to make sure everybody understands, when you get to this point in the playoffs, the local broadcasts don't go outside of the local market. So Kansas City has that. For us here, we'll get pre- and post-game, and then we'll have Westwood One's broadcast, which are always great. Uh, Those will simulcast now, so the national call on KFH and KNSS. KNSS, though, will have the uh, the pre- and post-game there of the Chiefs radio network. Um, is that a Kevin Harlan call, by the way? Do we know? Is that? I don't know who's on it this week, but Harlan's on a lot of them, yeah. and he's one of my favorites, so it's great. I mean, it'll still be great. You can still find it right here on KFH and over on KNSS. I, I'm seeing some stuff today, Tommy, and this happens, and it's not unusual for the Chiefs beat to lose their mind when they're taken any for some reason like personal offense to things but I guess there's some guy and I don't even know who it is still saying today that he would take Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes so what you'll see happen today is you'll see this barrage of people like if you don't common if you don't have commentary defending Patrick Mahomes you know violently then you're not really a it's it's a strange thing that happens among the Chiefs beat so whoever that is is going to get exactly what they want, which is some run, you know, and some viral stuff. Is it really that outrageous, though? Like, do you really need to stop what you're doing in a day to defend Patrick Mahomes if somebody says they'd still take Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes? Like, Josh Allen's awesome. And it has not been Josh Allen's fault in these games that they've lost these games. It's okay for somebody to prefer this unicorn physical specimen, right, 
I, I, I don't think that's so great. Now, would I do it? Of course I wouldn't. I think Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback that's ever played football. But it's not so egregious to need to, like, lose your mind publicly that somebody would even entertain the thought that maybe they would take Josh Allen in a vacuum over Patrick Mahomes. I don't lose my mind publicly about that because I just I feel bad for the people who think that because it's objectively not it? true. It's objectively not true. So I don't lose any sleep over it. I so feel we've bad for the, the point people who this. believe that. I feel sorry for them when they think that. But I don't need to lose my mind publicly because I know it's objectively not true. This this was the this is the same thing that used to happen with early Brady versus Manning, right? It was like you got to take a side here. You got to be either Brady or Manning, and it was a great debate. I, I made a I made a young career in radio off of that debate because I didn't know what else to do. It was so much fun <laughs> to talk about, right? But like that's sort of what it is. Yeah, Allen doesn't have it yet, just like Manning didn't have it yet. But you couldn't like objectionably objectional. You couldn't watch football objective, objectionably. objectionably. What, what the hell am I trying to say? Uh, you couldn't watch football and just like definitively say that Brady was better than Manning. But Brady was winning all the big games, right? But we, if you watch, your eyes tell you that Manning's still an incredible quarterback, and it was totally reasonable to take Manning in that you know in that scenario. So. I get, and I haven't listened to what this guy said. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it is an interesting discussion to have in a vacuum, right? Allen versus Mahomes. Like, you're starting a team, that whole thing. Like, you're starting a draft. You have to start from scratch. You don't have you don't have Andy Reid to pair with Patrick Mahomes. You don't have Travis Kelsey. All of those things. Would Allen be close? I, yeah, I think he's probably pretty close. Josh Allen has been unbelievable in his career, and it's like we've got, I don't know. Is it Cam Newton as a better passer? Like I don't know what the what the comp is because we don't we haven't really seen anybody like Josh Allen before. In a lot of the ways, we haven't seen anybody like Patrick Mahomes, right? And in the things that make Patrick Mahomes great, Josh Allen runs like he does, has the size that he does. I mean, he's as big as Ben Roethlisberger. You know, can throw that way, but can run like Cam Newton did, like this. So. I, it's not like some, you know, death penalty to suggest that you might still prefer him. He hasn't been the problems and the reasons that he can't. I mean, he's beaten Patrick Mahomes three out of seven times, right? They're 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 four to three now, and in the postseason it didn't go his way. But I also think Travis Kelsey in the postseason. I know, but how much? But don't you think? that you need to give a little credit to Travis Kelsey and Andy sure. Reid and some of the advantages Kill, that the Chiefs Kill have had. over the years. Yeah. Absolutely. The defense, that's yeah. not Josh Allen's, that's not Josh Allen's so fault. He, here's where I land on all of this. You know, I mentioned feeling bad for the people who think that Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes, but more than anything, I feel bad for Josh Allen himself because yes, here's why Josh Allen is one of the greatest quarterbacks to play football. Unfortunately, he's in the same era as the greatest to play football, right? Right. You know, so Patrick Mahomes is the greatest. Josh Allen is one of the greatest. That's the difference between the two. It doesn't mean that one is amazing and the other one is garbage. Like both things can be true at the same time. I also don't believe that you can objectively say that Josh Allen is better and that you should prefer Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is that unicorn. But it's not one is great and one is terrible. 
they're both incredible. It's just one is the greatest of all time, in my opinion. I, I agree. And and but again, like I if I if I put on tape and watched quarterbacks play, I I'll bet you that there are a lot of people that if you were not knowing anything about their careers, right, and and what games have been won and everything, you're strictly just watching tape. There are there would probably be plenty of scouts that would say, yeah, I'd take Josh Allen. I, I would guess that that's the case. Now, obviously outcomes of games and these things matter in the big plays and the big moments and all of it. I, I think your point is good that he just so happens to be playing, but I do think Josh Allen will get one at some point. I think their rebuild is going to be tough uh, for a couple of years. That roster is going to look I, significantly different next season than it, it did it this will. season because and, I mean, they've got a they, ton of free agents and they're over the cap, you know, and so they've got to figure out, I don't know if it's a fire sale. I don't exactly know what it looks like, but they're going to have to make some major, hard, difficult decisions yep. on how they want the to same, rebuild this roster. The same type that the Chiefs had to make two years ago. And so while, again, and just I, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback who's ever played football. So understand that that's what I feel about Patrick Mahomes. But at the same time, understand that in head-to-head meetings, Josh Allen has won almost half of them. Understand that he, I know know the playoff games. I know, I understand. But also understand that in this most recent meeting, they were down like five defensive starters and their their best pass catchers were out. Like these things matter when we evaluate quarterbacks. But that's why quarterbacks, you said it before, like when you view this in a vacuum and that's what you have to do, I think to be able to compare and contrast the two, because you can't start throwing in other outside factors when you're comparing quarterbacks by themselves. I I know, but wins are also not something that exists in a vacuum like that because they don't play head to head against each other, right? It's not like Josh Allen gets out there defensively and can't stop Patrick Mahomes or vice versa. So it's okay to just watch the quarterbacks play and have the opinion that Josh Allen could be better. It it reminds Josh me Allen is so great. much. Josh Allen is great, I, I, but he's not better. It, but but better is such a, I agree with you. What I don't agree with is acting like it's so insane to think it. It was not insane to think it with Manning over Tom Brady. It was not insane to think it with Marino over Joe Montana. Right? Like, it wasn't insane. Do you think Jim Kelly's better than Troy Aikman? Right? Is that a really a crazy thing to say? Because I think Jim Kelly probably was better than Troy Aikman. But Troy Aikman got the Super Bowls. Why? Because that was one of the best rosters we have ever seen exist in this game. I, I think we overthink sometimes. Well, we overreact. We don't. Some people do. And I think it's, it's like Chiefs Kingdom. It's fine. It's okay that some people watch film and think Josh Allen's a little bit better. It's okay but that people not. might think jo- But he's on not. On tape, I I don't think he is either, but I could see where people think he is. I mean, he had a better year this year. How many how many interceptions did Josh Allen throw this year? He threw 18. I don't know. I have to 18 up. interceptions this year. Now he cleaned it up down the stretch. He didn't throw as many, you know, as this How many as did Mahomes throw? 15, 14. 16, 14. At 14 yeah. Interceptions, four fewer than Josh Allen did. 
I, again, don't misunderstand me on any of this. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the best quarterback that's ever played. Okay, I I I think that wholeheartedly. What I what I don't get though, and look, somebody getting on TV and still beating that drum is doing it for this reason right here. I, I understand that too. Like this is exactly what they're trying to go, or they're just being stubborn, right? And it's like no matter what, I'll take him over you know Mahomes or whatever. I just it's it's um, it's I mean, not. Allen had Allen had more yards and more touchdowns, but he also had more interceptions. You know, and and so of course, then you can look at okay, how, and what, you got to think of him as a runner too, though. Sure, I get all of it, but then if you're looking at the overall body of work, everything all put together, how many rings does Mahomes have? How many MVPs does right. Mahomes have? How many Pro Bowls does Mahomes have? You know, so like there are some other accolades and things like that that you can totally look at the overall body of work. I'm not taking Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes, but I would take Josh Allen over a lot. And 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 I think when I'm just trying to pull up what his what his rushing numbers were this year, um, I, I mean he had a lot, and that's that's a part of his game. And Patrick Mahomes is an underrated runner. I think we've established that. You and I both feel that way. You know, he was uh, actually he, down in in rushing yards from the last couple of years. Five hundred and twenty four rushing yards on the ground. He had seven sixty three and seven sixty two in the two previous years. So over 200 yards fewer this season than he had two years ago. How many rushing touchdowns did he, he have 15. this year? He got in the end zone a lot more. He had 15 rushing touchdowns. So add that to his touchdown total, right? And that's the that, that's something I think that is also important to do. Um, and, and you look at a year where it's like, yeah, he probably had a better regular season. Now, Mahomes went to his place and beat him. Went to his place and beat him, right? And so... I, that's obviously important, but and we'll we'll go through this with Joe Burrow too. Probably if he can stay healthy, that's been his problem so far in his career. But just understand that we are in this next quarterback renaissance. The last one we had was Brady Manning, right? Brady Manning and then Rogers, kind of in there in this at the same time. I don't think it's egregious to look at Brady Manning Rogers and say any of those guys are your pick to that you think was the best quarterback. Now Brady's the goat because of the because of the championships. But I think at the same time like by in the same light we can you can take this rent and those two are at the front forefront of it, right? And and it, to look at it and just prefer one's game over the other, I don't think is that crazy because Josh Allen really didn't have much to do with the loss. I mean, we're to Kansas City. Also, if we're comparing and contrasting Mahomes and Allen with passing, just looking at them as pure passers, Allen did throw for more yards, but Mahomes had a higher completion rate. Mahomes also had a higher mm-hmm. quarterback rating, and we're talking about a team that has. I mean, I think we can both say a lot fewer weapons to catch the football than the Bills have. The Bills have Steph Diggs. I know Gabe Davis was banged up, but Khalif Shakir, you know, he turned into somebody that looked like to be, you know, a pretty solid option. So, I mean, I think that with what Mahomes had to work with this year, you know, and even over the course of his career, Josh Allen has never sniffed 5,000 yards passing, and Mahomes has done it twice. You know, so I, if we're looking at, I don't care if we're looking at just this season or the overall career and the body of work, if we're just talking pure passer, Mahomes is absolutely better. Um, yeah, agreed. Pure passer, there's no doubt about it. But but that's not Allen's complete game. By the way, Rashi Rice was just as good as Steph Diggs was this year. 
and Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. So I don't know that I think you might be overrating Josh Allen's weapons a little bit this year. Uh, Rice had more touchdowns and almost as many yards. Diggs wasn't very good. Allen's done a lot of what he's done this year, kind of despite his weapons. The young tight end is okay. Dalton Kincaid was pretty good. Um, Gabe Davis has been hurt slash non-existent for a lot of it. I think he's also, similar to Mahomes, been great despite some deficiencies on the roster. I just, I think, I think Josh Allen is incredible. I don't think there's anybody like him. And I don't think it's, quite to the level of overreaction the other way when people still defend him. And and like there are people I never would have thought Josh Allen would be this polarizing quarterback. Because I just watch him I and I'm like, this is awesome. a polarizing awesome. quarterback. He's oh, a great, I do. He's a great quarterback. But he's not the there greatest. There are very and that's there, okay. oh, no he's not the greatest. There are very prominent names out there right now that are are trying to say like, he's only getting this credit because he's white. He's only getting credit because, like, he's Dante Culpepper. Like, there, there are there is some Josh Allen hate coming out the last few days. See, I told you so. You told us what? He got beat by the best, and he didn't really have anything to do with the loss. He was making great plays down the stretch. So what? what is... What are the Josh Allen haters trying to prove? Josh Allen reminds me a lot of Brett Favre in just kind of the gunslinger go out there and make things happen. And Brett Favre was one of the great quarterbacks of Josh our generation. Allen's so much better than Brett Favre. I'm just compa- so I'm just comparing. He's got kind of that gunslinger mentality. Sometimes yeah. the decision making is not always there. That's a knock on Josh Allen. It always has been. Brett Favre had that too. Brett Favre was great. Josh Allen is great. It's okay. It's I'm not saying that He's not a great quarterback. He absolutely is. There are some knocks on him, and I think that decision-making and oh, for sure. the way that he plays and closes out games in the fourth. He had two interceptions, or not? he had two incompletions in the fourth quarter on Sunday. Yeah. Could have won the game for Buffalo. I never thought he would be as good as he is, and maybe that's why I, I'm so pleasantly surprised by how good he Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He's become because I didn't think he I didn't think he's going to make it. He couldn't. He wasn't accurate at all. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger that can run. Same kind of gunslinger, huge arm, massive by except he can run. I don't know. It's interesting today. So get ready for that. You'll see that all day. And we just spent an entire segment on an unplanned. So I love the discussion. By the way, they broke records with viewership on the game. That's why it's that rivalry. It's Alan Mahomes. Give it to me every year. Give me some combination of those two and Joe Burrow every year in the playoffs, please, because I love it and I can't get enough of it like most of us here. Uh, All right, let's come back. I want to get Tommy's thoughts on KU last night. We'll do that next as we roll forward on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in. Sports Daily here. Uh, one more thing on the Mahomes thing. I've been stewing on this prediction for a while, and I, I can't quite get
get to the finish line on it, but there will be some prediction from me of insane passing numbers for Mahomes next year. Uh, And I I say that even before they make changes in the offseason to the offense, but I think they're going to have to have it because I don't think their defense will be nearly as good next year. Okay, Uh, real quick on KU, Tommy. We spent a lot of time on them. When we talked to Shreya Slada in the first hour, is that sort of win last night against Cincinnati that inspires the kind of confidence that that puts them back into the national championship picture for you? I mean, it's a good win, but I I don't know if it, it doesn't for me. I mean, it's a good win. Uh, it was, I think, a little bit cozier than what we would have liked to see it be. Um, but no, I mean, I think that it, I, I never took them out of that conversation in the same way that you did. Um, and, and mainly because I feel like this team is a lot like every other great team in America where they're not perfect. There isn't a super team in America. There's so much parity right now that I never really took Kansas out of that conversation like you did. I'll give it to you that the peers aren't as dominant, but there are teams getting stronger as things go along. And when I see Kansas get out-rebounded in that way at home to Cincinnati, there are other teams in the country that will push them around. And I, that's that's the part that, again, like, just something there. And look, I've t- I've, I'm perfectly ready and able to put them right back there where I had them at the beginning of the season. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying I don't think they can get there. I'm not saying I don't think they can win a national championship. I'm not saying any of those things. Just saying I thought they'd be further along than they are on January 23rd to being that team. So what what do you specifically need to see from them when you say you think that they should be further along? What does that mean? Well, I do. They, they need, uh, they need one or two guys. I mean, they need to at least have a seven man rotation, not a five man. That would be one thing, but you can't have games at home where you get out rebounded ever. When you've got Hunter Dickinson, KJ Adams, and Kevin McCuller basically playing every minute of every game that can't happen. That needs to be what they do better than anybody else. There should not be a team in the country that is better defensively or better at rebounding or any of those like toughness defense type things. I think Furphy can settle in and help them with some of their offensive stuff. And, and when you to talk me, about that's, how that's they, not even the most important, though, it's wh- this it's this other stuff. When you're mentioning that you thought they would be further along, I think you can point at Johnny Furphy as an example of how at least one player is coming along. He had a double-double yeah, yeah, last yeah. night, 23 points, 11 rebounds. He's a freshman, and he only got added to the starting rotation a couple of weeks ago. And so him I, coming I along that. in that way, like, that's great. And so you're, you're starting to see that um, expanded role in conference play when he's needed the most. So I do think that there are some areas where they are progressing he's, nicely. He has been, but that's their fifth starter. Would you yeah. say that... Uh, would you say that El Marco Jackson, Jamari McDowell, or Nicholas Timberlake are where you thought they'd be by January 23rd? No, and that's why they're not getting minutes in the way that they they had been. But that's a problem. That's a big problem, though. They need to be for yeah. They can't run a five man sure, rotation. Sure, they can't. How many times have we seen Bill Self run his starters ragged? A five and not, man. Okay, maybe a six man rotation, but we we don't that's see a big difference, especially in conference play. Bill Self is notorious. For not for not playing bench players, and they have a ton of success every year. He has just, seven. Not, he has seven man rotations. That's his thing, and and they may be I able to get there. But continue to not overreact in the way that you are, and especially if they didn't have Johnny Furphy, then yeah, they've got no other option. But at least I'm, I'm he's not coming overreacting. Along I'm not trying to. Again, I think they'll win the Big Twelve. I'm not trying to overreact. I just, I, I, there's still something, and and maybe the reason they're able, they're they're 
getting out rebounded at home to Cincinnati is because they're running those guys every minute of every game. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's a part of it too. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network tonight. We wrap up Sports Daily after this. Think you know playoff football? Answer three questions correctly in BetMGM's challenge, and you could win a share of a million dollars in bonus bets. Simply log into your existing BetMGM account and access the free-to-play million-dollar playoff football challenge. Then submit your entry by answering three questions about the pro football playoffs each week. If you get all three correct, you could win a share of...